So it is time for our masterclass. I'm Yuveka Rangapai, Inferella Bukhile, in case you're wondering who the strange voice is. And our masterclass, we've had to have a part two because last last week we could barely get to, to most of the questions we wanted to answer and that you wanted answered as well. So we have um, our expert, Robin Terry, from he's a legal consultant at TPN Credit Bureau to help us continue the discussion on property owners' legal compliance. We were looking at this legal masterclass for landlords in particular what should be included in things like your lease agreement. We were talking about things like fair wear and tear, compliance with South African laws and some tips and legal strategies for property managers. And Rowan, we, who was on the phone with us last week, we told him he can't go on holiday. He's <laughs> going to have to be in town. And lo and behold, he actually came to studio. Thank you, Rowan. And Absolutely. lovely to see you in person. Thank you for having me, Vic. I really appreciate it. And a happy New Year's to all of the listeners. Yes, happy and peaceful and celebratory and yes. healthy and all of those things. So And all good rentals to and all good rentals. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so let's quickly recap yes. what we went through and the main points that uh, be, before we get, we've got questions from listeners. We've kept yes. them from last week as well. Fantastic. So let's recap what we went through in terms of lease agreements. We spoke about uh, just briefly what they were the, uh, and then the obligations of the landlord and the tenant about when uh, leases can be terminated or cancelled and then we'll move on to the rest. Just to recap Perfect. for us. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So I think the first thing we touched on was the importance legislation surrounding uh, uh, property law, which would be the Rental Housing Act. So in there, there's a lot of sections and clauses that you need to read and understand Mm. when dealing with a property Mm. uh, transaction. Um, That is very, very long. Um, It is obviously when questions come in, it's better to to deal with it that way. But then after that, we did touch on obligations of a landlord, whereas obligations of a, a tenant differs quite a bit. So the test there that we need to apply would be when it comes to maintenance of the property, any repair work, anything that happens to the actual property itself, you need to look if there's any evidence of intentional or negligent damage that's been caused by the tenant. If that is the case, intentional or negligent, it's whether they took a bat to the wall or whether they dropped something and it, bro- it broke a tile, for, uh, for instance. Yeah. yeah. If there's any evidence to that effect, that cost is going to be for the tenant and they'll be liable for that full repair, which if they don't do so by the time they leave, that cost can be deducted from the deposit. Oh, yes. 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 Then if there is nothing of the sort, there's no evidence of any damage at all and it's just due to, um, you know, the overuse of the object or or whatever it is over a, a period of time, then that would constitute fair wear and tear. Okay. Now, fair wear and tear is for the owner's responsibility. Okay. Yeah, that's just the natural deterioration of an object over a period of time. And because of that, you can't hold a tenant liable. It's not their direct uh, uh, results of damaging the the object. And then after that, I think we also went into cancellation of a lease agreement. Very important. When when you can cancel and and, and, yeah, or or terminate it or cancel or or, uh, what conditions were for renewal or yes. if you were wanting to sell the property suddenly we spoke about as well yes, yes. so in the in the event of termination uh, very important for a landlord to understand they cannot unilaterally give notice in a, a lease agreement unless it is a month-to-month lease yeah. and in there they can give a calendar month's notice without any reason or further penalty to the okay. tenant However, if it's due to a, be- a breach of the agreement, that could be, you know, uh, they haven't paid their rent. They haven't particularly maintained a portion of the property. They haven't paid the utilities. It can be a number of things. The breach would be specifically set out in the agreement. Once, you, once that happens, immediately send a letter of demand. Normally, it'll be 20 business days to them to remedy the breach. And mm. if not, then they can cancel the lease agreement. Like we said the last time, immediately 
but okay. they can they can give time to to vacate the property. Normally, I would say about a week to two weeks okay. would would be fair in that respect. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's most of what we covered. Yes. If you have a question still for for Rowan, we are going to be covering uh, a, a, a little bit more in terms of things like subletting, and yes. uh, we were talking about the rental housing tribunal, <laughs> which you referred to quite a bit last week as yes. well. Uh, give us a call: 011-883-0702 or WhatsApp us on o seven two seven zero two one seven zero two, or send us your voice note. Uh, if you're unable to have a conversation or SMS us briefly on 31702. Let's head on over, Rowan, to some of the questions yes, that we absolutely. kept from last week. There was one from, I don't know if it's Ali or Ali, saying, Hi, Rowan, what is the next step when a tenant has not paid for six months, even though the owner has sent out letters of breach, but they have ignore, have been ignored? It's a sectional title unit. The body corporate is also complaining to the owner about okay. noise and outstanding levies. The bank is threatening to repossess. The owner can't service the bond due to non-payment by the tenant. How soon can that landlord uh, get the eviction done okay so in that respect you know having a tenant to not pay the rent for six months that's mm. obviously a long time yeah. you are bleeding damages just from the 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 outset there my suggestion is never wait or uh, uh, to place your tenant in breach of the agreement send your letter of demand the day after the rent has not been paid They've okay. sent a few letters like they said. So obviously I don't know the specific details, but I assume those letters have been sent, those have expired, and the tenant hasn't remedied the breach. So in that position, they would be entitled to cancel the lease agreement. Now, unfortunately, when someone does refuse to vacate, the next thing you have to do is get a, a court order for that oh. particular eviction. Yeah. Yes, exactly. The, that that's the like response of landlords like, oh. and also oh. costly as well. Yeah. So... Once the tenant's been cancelled, you approach an, an attorney's firm and institute your eviction proceedings. Nowadays, um, just based on an average, um, it would be about for an unopposed. So that means that the tenant doesn't oppose the eviction. You're mm -hmm. able to go on your court date and get that eviction date. Um, that would be between about thirty-five to 40,000 rand. That's unopposed. Whoa, and okay. that will take That's about… unopposed. Unopposed. That's so, all the rent that they probably… Yes, exactly. So that's my, one yeah. of the, big, the biggest advices that I give out all the time. Don't wait because now you've waited for six months. Yeah. Your damages have a complete... Yeah. And now also those damages to try and collect it against someone yeah. who can't pay the rent. It's very unlikely they are now going to pay the debt that has arisen for, for yes. all those six months. So I'm not saying obviously don't follow through. You can get, go get your court order for those arrears, but rather... Put, enforce your rights, protect your rights yes. immediately as soon as the, the tenant does The first month that's not paid. Exactly. So Why haven't you paid? The rentals yeah. are due on the first. Yeah. On the second, you send off your letter of demand. Okay. Yes. All right. So, unfortunately, um, I think you've waited too long in this case. Exactly. It's going to cost you. A but lot. You can, but, but you can go and get that court order. Yes. And you know what? Around there, obviously, I've spoken about the rental housing tribunal before. Mm. Um, the tribunal doesn't give um, eviction orders. Which the tribunal, one of the, the best advantages so of it. So which court would you go to then for this? Just like a normal? You could, yeah, you could either uh, 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 proceed out of the high court or the magistrate's court. Which well, means you'd have to get a lawyer. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You would need to get um, okay. a, a practicing attorney uh, to yeah. go and, and deal with and that. And deal with that issue, and which then is a lot. that's yeah. unopposed and that takes six to eight weeks, you know, whereas after that it's over 60,000 rand if it's opposed. 
And even then, it's on a case-by-case basis. So meanwhile, you might be paying 60. Another person could be paying 80,000 yeah. because of how it's been opposed okay. specifically. Okay, so Ali or Ali's next option is for that court order and unfortunately exactly. going to cost them quite a bit. Yes, yeah. Okay, so Taki the tutor uh, wanted mm. to know what was the cost for TPN, for, for, for sort of using your services at TPN. Fantastic. So there is, we obviously do uh, offer a vast amount of uh, products as well. Uh, we do have lease packs, residential, commercial, sales pack. Uh, those are available in Word and PDF. Mm. Um, on the top of my head, those costs, I can't remember, but if you go to shop.tpn.co.za, that'll take you through there. We also obviously do a monthly subscription that you're entitled to go and do so as well. That's not a very costly. Um, Which is that? That, again, not off the top of my oh, head, okay. but um, again, to uh, www.tpn.co.za okay. to check there. We also have letters of demand that we can that you can send through our TPN system. Okay, th- yeah, that was one of the questions yes. that uh, Arlet, our next person, wanted to know, wanting to know what you charge for a tenant credit historical report and letter of demand okay yeah. fantastic so a letter of demand of yeah. um it's we are going to have two options there you can send um via post or registered post for the sake of doing any court action i would always recommend to do a registered post delivery so that that slip can be proved taken to court to prove as oh, that has been okay. delivered um however you can obviously email your lease agreement would state it in there We've got registered post letters for about 110 rand, whereas our normal post is about 72 rand 50. Oh, okay. so it is. It's a lot more affordable than going to a, an attorney's firm and saying 60,000 rand. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we do offer those. Yeah. Um, Credit checks also, that would be a variety of um, costs. It would be approximately around 180 rand there. Um, And that's going to be dependent on what uh, type of credit check you're specifically getting. Whether you're getting a basic one, which would just have very basic information on there, or gold credits, which would have every possible information on um, that, on that particular person. Uh, with, their, with their approval, of course. Yes. Like we said last week, that if the, 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 the tenant themselves has to give consent for that. Yes. And if they don't, well, then they're dodgy anyway. Whatever exactly. they've got to hide is what we exactly. said. Exactly. And on that, as well, it's important, <laughs> yeah. prior written consent. That means a signature. So if someone comes and it's a WhatsApp or it's something like that, um, just saying, yes, you can go ahead. Uh, very important to remember, it has to be in writing and okay. signed. All right. So prolific Mal MZ wants to know, <laughs> mm-hmm. if a tenant has an issue with the billing company for, say, water over overbilling, as an yes. example, and cutting off the water, okay. who does the tenant report to for the matter to be settled? That's from the tenant side. Now. The tenant side. Fantastic. So what you would do there is approach the landlord. Landlord obviously is in, uh, the, uh, in charge of the municipal account, so they would be able to approach the municipality and lodge any dispute or inquiry on those uh, charges. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if there's a managing agent, you can approach the managing agent completely. Yeah. Um, if there is a discrepancy, I know a lot of the time tenants decide, I'm not going to pay. I'm, I'm rather going to leave it. Until there has been a formal dispute and inquiry that says, yes, that, that those uh, charges are incorrect, mm. that person would still be in breach. So my suggestion always, even if there is a discrepancy, Pay, pay what you can towards that amount. And if it's all uh, sorted out later, that credit will be appropriated onto your account. Okay, f- perfect. And then the next one, PFS Drive. I'm loving these names. Yes, PFS Drive. very interesting. Very interesting. Prior to signing the lease agreement with the landlord, what happens if the landlord does not provide a pest control certificate, an electrical wiring certificate, the water account from the municipality, and damp-proof wall certificate? Okay. Yeah. So... Majority of those um, certificates 
as they're saying there, are not a you know legislative requirement in order to rent out your property. Obviously, what you, uh, you would do in your lease agreement is perhaps maybe warrant that you've done the pest um, control mm. uh, before they've moved in. Um, there was another... Uh, specific. Well, it says it was it was well. There was pest control, electrical yes. rewiring certificate, okay. water account yes. from the municipality, and damp proof wall certificate. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the damp proof wall again, you wouldn't be able to provide that specific um, certificate. That would then be mentioned in your ingoing inspection to be able to say there's no mold on the walls. Or but some people mold. cover that up so nicely. They do. With a of they paint. do. So it is also when you're doing ingoing and outgoing, make sure you're not just doing a very quick and brief. Check, do, do a little scraping. Do a scrape. <laughs> Look, try and see what's going on in the corner of the ceilings. Yeah. It's it's it is Especially it's very the frustrating. And the yes. un- if, like if there's patios and things absolutely, like that. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. And then also just quickly on an electrical compliance mm. certificate, that is a, an owner's responsibility to get just in terms of their property. They don't need to provide that to their tenant. However, the tenant does request it. Okay. Then they would need to to provide that certificate. All right, and then Zane wants to know. Um, uh, says if you can provide some information if a tenant can be locked out of the leased premises if they default on rent. Okay, so this is one of the most asked questions mm. um, that I've ever received any queries on. The answer immediately is no. One cannot um, spoliate a tenant or, or lock them out of the premises. Um, without having a valid court order um, uh, to do so. That is because obviously uh, every person has the constitutional right to housing. Okay. All right. So we've got some callers already. And we still have questions from last week. Oh, my word. But we don't want to keep them holding on for that much longer. We've got two more from last week. But let's get to our callers for today. Great Um, Are we taking Ben? Hi, Ben. You've got a question for Rowan? Yes, Hi, Rowan. Thanks for joining the show. It's an excellent show, and we, we're learning so much. Thank you. I'm so um, glad. Just on the squatting, squatting uh, yes. detail, it is so tricky. Uh, I was a trustee of a building downtown okay. in Johannesburg, and we basically had a, uh, two squatters that grandfathered in to the premises of, okay. a, of the building. So they were staying in the kind of staff storeroom yes. upstairs. And the one, the one person couldn't speak English, uh, okay. and we spoke to a lawyer. And for the lawyer, literally to cut and paste some text on a one pager and start the mm. process cost about seven thousand rand. Yes. So we said no. We don't have. We don't have money to. We would have, didn't have any. Any. We just didn't have. Yeah. We were cash strapped. Exactly. So we spent two years negotiating, and we got these squatters to sign. Uh, admission of guilt that they okay. were that they were guilty of squatting, sure. and then we paid them some cash. But they continually hounded us, even though they'd left premises once they'd been paid some money to leave. They okay. continually hounded us for mm. more money. It was just with even threats. I was even threatened where the the, the caretaker of the building said, "You know, this type of person, because of they are such and such, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna come and find you and get more money." So just yes. like really fun times, yeah. No, it's always a yeah. fun time. And I was already wincing a little bit when you started to talk about <laughs> the cost. Pain, yes. Exactly. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so unfortunately with this um, particular issue here of trying to get that court order, there's no easier way around that. There's mm. no shortcuts. You do have to follow that procedure. Mm. Um, when it comes to being cash-strapped, 
Um, do a bit of research in the industry. You know, there are attorneys that are more affordable than others. Um, and their, their, their main focus there would be to also try and settle with those tenants before they even institute legal activity. Mm-hmm. So that is a, a way of, of, of saving those legal costs to go to an attorney to help with the settlement there. Um, I do know that's obviously still okay. quite a big cost, but yeah. perhaps even a legal aid would yeah. be able to assist here. But it is a very, unfortunately, Ben, I'm sorry I don't have more of an answer for you and a bit of a more specific route, but it is very, very difficult. And that's why when you are going to an attorney's firm, make sure you're also going to the complete professionals, yeah. the specialists in property, in law. property law. Absolutely. And does TPN provide, maybe do you provide, uh, do you recommend Absolutely. lawyers? We do, we do. So you we have, have drafting okay. attorneys that are on our um, uh, panel who draft our lease agreements. Um, it's the name of the firm is SSLR Incorporated for residential. SSLR um, Incorporated. Yes, okay. Yeah, and then also for commercial evictions and our commercial queries, we send on to our commercial drafting attorneys, Fillard Mayor Morrison. Okay. So. All right, great. Before we get to to calls from today, two more questions from last Perfect. week. Sonia, who wanted to know who is responsible for refuse removal and the water usage. Okay. Fantastic. So normally in a lease agreement, you would specifically need to state that the tenant is liable for that cost. Um, in the TPN lease agreement that I've told you before that we mm-hmm. that we offer in there, specifically refuse is included in there, as well as a variety of other costs that you don't really think of when you're dealing with a, with a rental. That's yeah. DSTV, fiber, refuse, mm. um, garden yeah, now services. Now we have things like fiber to worry about. Yes, exactly. And <laughs> yeah. also over and above that now is solar you know, yes, there's uh, yes, inverters yes, or generators those things, yes. and those specific costs have to, have to, have to be included in your lease agreement for your tenant to be liable for them. If they're not, unfortunately, the owner's then going to be stuck with that cost. You're stuck with that if you didn't specify it. Specify it. And then tick my star. Here's another <laughs> nice one. Tick my Ooh, star. Oh, that's interesting. How much time must lapse before I can no longer go to the rental tribunal? Now, we are going to talk about the rental housing tribunal in more detail. Yes. But maybe just a quick answer to that one. How much? But I'm not sure how much time must lapse before what? I'm not sure. This so, I'm assuming yeah. there before almost she's saying that her claim... Or, or, or their claim will, will expire almost, um, it, it doesn't work that way in, in the respect of an eviction. While that person is in your property in a legal occupation, you can go and approach an attorney. For the tribunal, it's exactly the same. If the landlord owes you money, you can approach the tribunal. If the uh, tenant owes the landlord money, landlord can approach. There's no... Um, oh, Limitation, limitation on on proceeding to the yeah. tribunal. It's only that the when issue, a debt what, what prescribes, exactly the issue is, I yes, would imagine yeah. the circumstances very dependent on yeah. that. But in the in the event of you know, the, on the topic of expiring, a debt does prescribe after a uh, period of three years. Oh, okay. so that could also be what she means that if okay. she has a debt, you okay. need to go and uh, uh, institute action to to receive that debt afterwards. Okay, um, or that will expire or prescribe. After three years. Okay, we have a voice note. Uh, let's Great. have a listen to that one. Well, good afternoon. Thank you for 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 a great topic. I just wanted to understand what do you do as a tenant if the landlord just come and lock your door when you are not available and then you can't access anything in the house? What's the procedure? What are you supposed to do? Okay. In that regard. Mm, okay. Fantastic. So that's now also from both angles. Can the landlord do it? Yeah. What happens if they do? Which I also love this question. It is, um, what has happened there is the tenant has been spoliated. The landlord has um, committed an act of spoliation. Spoliation. Yeah, that's a very new word, fancy. For, new word yes. for 2024, everyone. Spoliation. <laughs> okay. Um, 
So spoliation is the disturbance of the use and enjoyment of the property. As a tenant, as soon as that happens without a court order or it hasn't been done by the sheriff of the court, they must go to an attorney's firm as well or legal aid if they cannot afford it and go and ask for an urgent spoliation application. What's that, what that's going to do is um, order the landlord to give possession back to the uh, tenant immediately. Mm-hmm. And that urgent action can take place within the space of one day. Um, oh, it okay, really that's can. Okay. That's why right. it's an urgent. You need okay. Obviously, the attorney okay. will make a case to the court to say, look, we need to get rid of the normal periods that we would follow because this person needs access to their house and home and have a roof over their head as soon as possible. Okay. So it is the approach to get a, um, a spoliation Sp- court. Uh, spoliation. Yes, very fancy. Very, very fancy. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we have um, a couple of calls. Do we have time to take a quick one before we head to our headlines? Is it Malloy? Hi there, Malloy from Bloemfontein. How are you? I'm good. Good yourself? Well, well. What's the issue? How can we help? Uh, just a simple question. If, if for a new rental agreement, if the tenant wants to come in, let's say the agreement starts on the first of the month, but they want to come in maybe five days before the agreement starts because they, they want to move their stuff in. It's actually a commercial uh, agreement. They want to move their stuff in so that on the, on the first they start with their work. Who becomes responsible for that period, for those five days or six days, whatever it may be? Mm. Who becomes responsible if anything gets stolen or whatever, whatever? Yeah. Because we can't necessarily put it in the agreement because the agreement has been drawn, but mm. they're asking, like, can I please just move in my stuff in? Yes. For, because it's empty, it's vacant. Yes. All right. so, okay. So who becomes responsible? All yeah. right. Thanks, Molloy. Very quick one for us. Uh, Perfect. Now. So basically, um, uh, what is going to happen in uh, that respect is that um, the tenant remains liable for those those periods of the days while they possess the property. Um, also, obviously, landlord would be in, in responsible to maintain the structure of the property and make sure that nothing's happening there that would be for their account. And tenant also, all their assets, if anything happens in respect of a burglary or anything, those assets Can remain. you add a little addendum to your agreement Absolutely. and say for the extra five days, and I take no responsibility. Yep. I mean, I'm no lawyer, but I'm learning on the job. No. <laughs> Does that make sense? That's why I'm here today. That absolutely does. And I always recommend to do that. If you have any changes, always put it into writing and have it signed. So it's there for, you know, future disputes. All right. If they get erased. So we've we've got Rowan Terry, legal consultant. I see after spoliation, I can't say consultant now. Legal consultant at TPN Credit Bureau. He's here joining us in our masterclass. And we're looking at uh, property owners' legal compliance. We're looking at uh, things from the landlord side of things. But we're getting questions about all all, all kinds of questions. He's here to help you. You can call us at 011-883-0702. To WhatsApp or voice note us on 0727021702 or SMS us briefly on 31702. And our masterclass on property owners' legal compliance uh, continues. It's part two this week because we've been inundated with requests. We've got Rowan Terry, who's a legal consultant at TPN Credit Bureau. He was with us last week. We banned him from going on holiday this <laughs> week. He came to studio, so he's here to answer all your questions. Let's head on over, Peter, to a voice note. Um, as a landlord, are you allowed to just lock them out of the unit or the property? if they are not paying the rent and you have given them the notice. Oh, okay. So, uh, in that respect, sorry, is there another? Oh, was there a follow-up to that one? Were there two in one, Peter? Or is it just the one? Just the 
Okay. Okay. All right. Fantastic. So, like we were saying earlier, that is regarded as spoliation, and a landlord cannot do that without a, um, a valid and binding court order to do so. Just on that, landlords, if they do do it and decide, you, mm. off we go. I've heard a lot of different things. You know, landlords take off doors, take off roofs, take off. Yeah. All, all sorts of things. Wow. I'm not. I'm not giving anyone really? ideas. <laughs> Please don't. I'm not giving anyone ideas. <laughs> but that type of behaviour yeah. is so unlawful. Yes. It's, they what, what a tenant can do is, like we said earlier, go get an urgent spoliation. So there can be no intimidation of non-paying tenants. None. None. None whatsoever. Not, they would be able to, to do do a letter of demand. Yes. Perhaps try and settle. Uh, you know, obviously an amicable solution, but yeah. absolutely not. No intimidation at all. Okay. So, and but she mentioned that notice had been served or. That, that doesn't so count. It, that, it wouldn't uh, if the notice has been served on the tenant. Yeah. Um, they can still, regardless of that, they need their court order. They need their court order. Yes, okay. Yeah. We've got James who's been waiting for quite some time. Let's take his call. Hi there, James. How can we help? Hi, ma'am. How are you? Good, thanks. Tell us how Peter can, how, how we, sorry, how Rowan can help you. Um, I, I just need to contribute to say, I, I think the, the law in South Africa does not protect the poor people that are trying to make a living in terms of, uh, let's say, the, the owner of the properties. Number one, let's say you, you do serve an, a warning. The tenant doesn't pay the first payment, you serve the letter. The second one, and nothing could be done to the tenant. Even now we come and claim and say they don't have a place to stay or must get an alternative to. So, so my frustration and confusion is, is basically on... How unfair is the law of South Africa that they protect the tenants that are in wrong, for argument's sake, because to get to a point whereby you come and break the doors and all those type of things, this means you have been given a warning and you have been not been committing to the agreement that you've done. And in that case, then the landlord cannot do anything. So, yeah, look, on, on that respect, I do understand there is the question of who has more rights, landlords or tenants? Um, no, no, it's okay. So, yeah, in, in, in that respect, it would be, you know, that it, every party has the same rights as the other. No person in South Africa will have more of a right than another. And the, the important part of that is enforcing your right to obviously make sure that um, uh, the landlords are, 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 are proceeding with um, their, their notice periods, their letters of demand as timelessly mm. as possible to not waste any damages there. I do understand from an affordability perspective, it is incredibly difficult. You know, you've now got to go and incur all sorts of legal costs, but you already yeah. have arrears on the account. Yeah. Um, you've also got considerations to, um, to pay your bills, your levies, um, however, wh whatever's happening on, 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 on your side as well. Um, I do. There are obviously options out there such as legal aid, uh, pro bono attorneys who would be able to take a pro bono case for free. Um, but unfortunately, it is it is a very tough tough. Yeah, because some people just law. don't know where to begin. I and, mean, and thank goodness we we do have guys like you, TPN Credit Bureau, and yeah. we do have the mm. Rental Housing Tribunal. So let's talk about it while we're here sure. for where where you can get some direction to deal with a lot of these issues and and and, and, and how you can be guided by yes. these. Yeah. So a lot of the time, um, a lot of people always ask, when do you go to the tribunal? Yeah. So the tribunal is a uh, the legislative body that has been you know, authorized through the Rental Housing Act. Mm. Um, so they are there for any kind of rental disputes. That would be for a rear rental, any for deposit returns, maintenance. Um, like we said uh, earlier, there's, there's, you won't be able to approach for an eviction order. Yeah. Um, and the best part about the tribunal is that it's free. 
You okay. don't have to pay to go there. You, there's no legal representation. It is very scary, obviously. So if you do would like an attorney to go on your behalf, you absolutely yeah. can do so. But why would you do that when you can approach them for free? Okay. Um, and it is, a, it is a fantastic way. There's different uh, tribunals in each province. So okay. there's not just one similar one. Do they function well? <laughs> it functions it, as well as... And do you need an appointment? Or do no, you so just you can rock up and you can say... I have contact a phone and email. Okay. Um, okay. It is a bit difficult to get in touch with them that way. So I would always recommend going physically to the tribunal itself. Okay. If you Google rental housing tribunal, the top search on there will take you to a page with a document of all the different tribunal locations and provinces okay. and contact details. All right. And then the other one was subletting. And, and what, what exactly do we mean by subletting? And what are the rules? Fantastic. So normally in a situation, a landlord or the owner of the property is going to rent to a tenant. Mm. Tenants can also then rent further to subtenants. And that okay. lease agreement is going to exist between the tenant and your subtenant. This can absolutely happen within a rental. However, normally it's all in all lease agreements. It is included in the TPN lease agreement as well that a tenant cannot sublet without the prior written consent of the landlord first. So let's just say, for example, you're there, you've got a three-bedroom place, you want to take in a border. Yes. Is that what we're talking about? That's Somebody who needs a room to... A room absolutely. To, okay. All right. yes. just, just to sort of simplify it. Exactly. Yeah. So they would be able then to um, uh, rent the, the room out and they will still remain liable in terms of their lease agreement. So, so what if that was not your intention? Sorry, Ruin, just, yes, just while yes. the thought is in my head. What if that was not your intention in the beginning of this agreement with your landlord? Then you found, say, for example, you were unemployed or, you know, you had yes. to, and then suddenly you'd realize, okay, I'm going to need to, you know, try and make some money so I can make the rent. Yes. So is that possible to actually do At that in the middle of... That's in the middle of your lease agreement. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Okay. So your lease agreement between owner and tenant will continue as it is for the period it has been uh, concluded for. And then you would then enter into your own agreement with your subtenant. Okay. So a lot of the times tenants come out, and I just want to clarify this quickly, and they say, well, look, my subtenant hasn't paid the rent, so go after them, go after and yeah, deal with them. Yeah. That's not correct. The t if your subtenant doesn't pay, the main tenant still remains liable for those payments okay. in terms of the lease agreement. Okay. So owners are still protected. They can go after the tenant specifically and also tenants are protected because they can enforce their rights against the subtenant. Okay. So the landlord always has to know before you've done this, exactly. you cannot go and enter into an agreement with somebody that you're taking in or yeah. renting a room out to if you're renting from somebody else exactly. already. And and obviously that has to be done and everything must be... Exactly. And, and, um, and, and those checks that we were talking about, those checks that we spoke about earlier yes, that you the, do on those... on The credit checks. The, the, the credit checks can be done on those borders as well with their permission. Absolutely. Or must be. I would say that they must be done Absolutely. because you just never know. Yeah. That's it. And you know what? When it comes to the credit checks, a lot of people do that for FICA purposes, mm. which is a requirement for property practitioners or estate agents. And that landlords don't fit into the definition of accountable institution, so they don't have a they don't have a responsibility to do all this credit vetting. And I never advise that as an excuse to not go over and above. Yeah. Always check into their credit uh, their, their their credit profiles. Yeah. See how they pay. Check the identity of the person. Oh, there are some weirdos out there. You oh, absolutely. Yeah, you might absolutely. want to even do some like psychological testing and yeah. evaluations. I'm just saying. I'm just <laughs> saying. It's, anyway, it's, but it's sometimes it's idea. necessary, especially if you're going to be living in a space with someone. All right, another voice note. Hi, 702. A very interesting uh, topic on uh, uh, renting of properties. My quick question is that I just wanted to know if the law made any provisions for 
properties in poor poor areas like in the townships uh, for example you take people that uh, are, are poor and really struggling financially and they have a big room that they are renting for let's say 750 rents and the tenant does not pay them surely it will be impossible to expect these people to raise a uh, 35000 to have the tenant uh, uh, evicted what are the legal costs that are there to protect this kind of uh, of tenants because really it is destroying uh, um a township rental businesses. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I didn't know there were so many different types of arrangements that oh, existed yeah. out there when it no, comes to leasing and all of that. It's but a yeah, very wide variety yeah, yeah. of this. And this seems to be one of the biggest questions mm. that we have today with regards to um, um, how can you afford those legal costs? And I've said before, if you need to get the eviction order, you need to go and get that regardless of the cost. However, there are other op- op- uh, opportunities for you to go and, you know, um, enforce your rights. So, for yeah. instance, we see the tribunal. Yeah. Landlord can go there and get an order for utilities or arrears. And mm-hmm. that would have the same order as a magistrate's court order. So, you can take that and go and execute on the tenant's assets. Now, mm-hmm. I understand. In I these, was just going to say, can yes. you possess some or, or, you know, keep hold on to some of those? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that would be just like the, uh, in terms of the landlord's tacit hypothec. Yeah. Okay. So just touching on that quickly yes, as well, I think that, that was the a topic if, 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 we wanted to if cover. If it leads to that, yes, let's do yes, it. Yes, yeah. So the tacit hypothec is a common law remedy that um, the tenant will attach their security, their uh, movable property as security in lieu of rental. So you hold on to it. That's correct. Or so you the could landlord, sell it to recoup the money. Exactly. Okay, could exactly. you do either or? You could do either okay. or, absolutely. Once You could sell it once you've got your court order to do so. Okay. Um, but attaching it, you can go and do that with, uh, there's a rent interdict summons or there's a specific uh, application that you can go do. But either way, they go to the property and the movables can be attached. I know lots of tenants out there must be freaking out right now to think that landlords can just walk into their property Hide and the take fridge, the, put it yeah, in the Yeah, put it what in are the we going to do? That, can, uh, that process of attaching yeah. those, those uh, uh, assets can only be done by the sheriff of the court. So okay. if a landlord is coming to say, look, I'm attaching this, this is, I'm, I'm removing it, they cannot do so. Okay. That even to remove the stuff and sell it, there's a specific court order okay, they so need. So you have to go to the courts first before you yes. decide that. So that's yes. called the landlord's hypothec. That's correct. Hypothec. Yes. Big Sorry, and then I, I deterred a bit, but yeah. going back to that other issue, options, yeah. you know, also at TPN, like I said last week, we have the op- uh, opportunity for you to load payment profile information of your tenant, which has an adverse effect on their, pay, uh, their credit profile. Mm, so mm. if they're going to apply for, um, let's say, a loan or, or, or a new uh, retail account, whatever it is, uh, vehicle financing, that um, record would show on their credit check okay. when it gets done and they okay. would then be denied for that. So they can come back to you and say, look, I need my credit record to be sorted and, and how can I get a letter of good standing? And you can come back and say, I'm not providing you with that until, until you pay your full amounts. So just a small threat there is what it, you can use. Is, I'm, I'm it, just saying it's, it's you, under my... Exactly. Yeah, it's okay. a bit of a negotiation. A bit of a negotiation. Okay, I, like I like that, that negotiation. Yes, yes, exactly. A negotiation. <laughs> All right. An understanding yes, is what we'll that's call it. it. And same, okay. sorry, and then same with is the same as a blacklisting or an adverse oh, listing. Okay. So blacklisting is the colloquial term. And as well, you can do that through TPN. You subscribe and each blacklisting you load, it's, it, there's no cost for it. It's, okay. a, it's a free cost. So again, there are other opportunities 
to <clears throat> enforce and protect your rights, but when it comes to an actual eviction, it is very difficult. You've got to go to the courts. Exactly. That's what happens. Okay. Another question here. What happens with illegal, undocumented immigrants who lease one's property and then on the second month they don't pay? Okay. Ooh. So mm. normally, again, here, it's not going to mean that um, that tenant is now exempt because they are a foreigner or they are un- undocumented. What it, what it basically is here is that if they are in arrears, they've been placed in a legal occupation, you can go and uh, proceed to get them evicted once they've been in a legal occupation. For an undocumented person, mm. that would obviously you would, during your credit vetting process, you would get the ID number or in this case, a passport number. Yeah. And then obviously to have them be allowed in, in the, in the uh, country, you would ask for their visa, their permits, their yeah. residence permits. So that permits situation should not have arisen in the first place exactly. is what you're saying. Exactly. Okay. If they don't have a valid um, if visa If they're not working, in the country legally, basically. Exactly, yes. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the times nowadays because of Department of Home Affairs and those delays there, mm. um, if they have renewed, have applied for the renewal of their visa or permit, that proof of renewal of application can be accepted to place that tenant in the property. But if you do place a tenant that is undocumented, regardless if you were aware of not, or not, that is um, basically abetting a um, undocumented person, and that could be a, um, a yeah. imprisonment. So that or gets a you in trouble fine. also as a landlord. So, Absolutely. So unfortunately, you know, as sympathetic as we are as yes. to why some people flee and come into our country and what they're running away exactly. from, you've got to be careful about very, very careful because then you are the one who could end up in jail as well. Exactly. That's very serious. Extremely serious. Okay. Um, we've got another one asking. I'd like to know if a landlord can tell you to leave. Uh, it says a no lease. I'm asking of a friend, and what can you do if a landlord Landlord doesn't return your double deposit. You paid a double deposit. Mm. Your double deposit uh, rentals dispute very unhelpful. I think they mean the tribunal. The tribunal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you know what they mean. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah. I didn't know that you had to pay a double deposit sometimes. So okay. that's completely um, negotiated between the parties. Normal industry standard is going to be one month deposit, but just depending on their credit application for the property, yeah. you could say. I'm a bit concerned. You know, you do have not the best payment record. You've gone to TPN and done your credit check. I actually need a bit more security here. Let's take a two month um, uh, deposit over there. If a landlord has not returned that to you and, you know, hasn't told you, yes, this is why I'm I'm uh, uh, deducting this from your deposit. You're liable for these costs. Here's your outgoing inspection. The tribunal is the way to go there as well. Again, if they haven't been helpful, Attorneys would be able go to go to send TPN. A, a, yeah, yeah, go to TPN. TPN Bureau. Come to us. We'd go be to able Rowan. To. <laughs> yeah, and and then you can also do because that's the same thing. It doesn't mean that you can't go back against your landlord. You have a right to your deposit if there are no damages. Yeah. So you can then send your letter of demand. That could also be an email of some I'm kind. I'm not sure what what they meant by no lease though. I don't know if this so, was an arrangement between friends. It doesn't make it quite clear. And of course, that should never happen, even if you're absolutely. friends. Absolutely. So right? like I was saying, in terms of the Rental Housing Act, a um, lease agreement may be in writing, but if a tenant mm. requests it, it must be put into writing. My, my interpretation of that, a lease agreement must always be in writing yeah. because that's how you protect your rights to have it in writing and specifically there. Yeah. Um, and you can pr- uh, uh, rely on that particular yeah. agreement. So, so here, I'm assuming there isn't one, which in that 
uh, respect, it's a default position that it will be a month-to-month lease agreement. Then if you have proof that you've paid, Rowan, a double deposit, you obviously have bank statements, you have exactly. things. Exactly. Do, do those things count in the case of no lease, which was not the brightest idea in the first place? Exactly, yeah. But if, if it comes to that and you say, here, I've paid this deposit to this person, this, these amounts, yes. and on, on certain dates. As proof of as the... Proof, can they be helped? Absolutely, 100%. Okay, so there is hope for you there. Okay, and then, uh, the, I don't know if this is a comment or what they actually hmm. want to know, but saying some tenants sublet properties causing overcrowding, example, having over 10 people in one room. And again, mm, we come yeah. back to the illegal um, immigrants issue again. Yes. Yeah, and I'm sure that's a big problem that you this guys deal with often problem. as well. Yeah. Exactly, and the biggest reason why it's such a big problem as well is that the landlord's utilities jumps enormously when you have overcrowding in the property. Municipal bylaws states that, you know, the, um, the most that you can have is two people per bedroom. Um, but obviously, that's, you, you can work around that depending on how many are in the property specifically. Yeah. If there's overcrowding. So, for instance, on the TPN lease agreement, we have a specific part of the schedule where you stipulate the occupants that are allowed to stay in that property okay. and the amount uh, that they, that, uh, of occupants that can be in there. So, for instance, four, five, three, whichever one you want to go with. That then, if they have overcrowding or people are moving in that they're not entitled to have do so, that's their breach. So that's where it kicks in again. Send your letter of demand for 20 business days. Their responsibility to remedy that breach is to remove those unauthorized people from the property themselves. So if it's their family, they can negotiate, get them out. Okay. If those 20 business days expires and that hasn't happened, then you can cancel and go and get your eviction order against all the people within that property. Okay. Um, we've got a, a WhatsApp here, a question, but I'm not sure how. I, okay. I, I'm going to try and link it because <laughs> I think that, you know, they, they kind of know what they want to say. And they yes. want to know um, if we can uh, uh, figure out or give them an idea of what is happening with Joburg rates objections raised last year. And I'm, 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 I'm assuming that this does affect tenants and landlords Absolutely. as well. So if you have any information, Absolutely. Rowan, please help out with that one. So in that respect, you know what, I actually have back a few years ago, I lodged um, objections on behalf of a client of mine. Okay. Um, and that process it does uh, what I, I don't understand it f- fully yeah however what I can say is even then it was a few years ago and the delays in getting the objections done and finalized and returned back is a long process so how does this complicate matters let's take it a bit further how does something like that complicates mat- complicate so, matters between landlords and okay. tenants yeah. so with the increase of the valuation of the property yeah. um, what that can then do is increase rates and taxes and until yeah. the objection has been finalized and well, disputed and finalized and then said this is what the amount is the owner remains liable for those specific um, uh, uh, fees and costs um, uh, until it has specifically been done so it's important if you are going to object get your objection in as soon as possible contact your municipality to get those objection yeah. papers okay and then communicate with each other I suppose Absolutely. landlord and tenant yes. you say this is happening if the rates go up please understand Always. this is what's going to happen yeah. open okay. communication between landlord and tenant is so so vital to keep that good relationship between the parties okay uh, I think we have t- just enough time for one more caller Mzwake yes. calling from Katlehong hi there Mzwake Hi, let's say you've got a tenant that's from Durban, they've got their own house in Durban, and for whatever reason, when they are your tenant, they then sell their house to their son or daughter at a below market value, and now they owe you. Does it mean they're safe if they've got no money whatsoever, even if they had their own house that they just sold recently at a cheaper value than market value? Are you protected? Can you go for that house? 
So if now the house has been sold and they're no longer the owner, you wouldn't be able to go and try and attach that house in mm. lieu of what oh, they owe you. To their you. own family member, though. You said it was sold to their son, for example. The tenant's son, uh, if, okay. if I had correctly. Yes. Yeah. So uh, in that respect, again, the lease agreement would be with the tenant, not mm-hmm. the tenant's son. Okay. So if the son had then obviously incurred that debt, you would be able to go after him and attach the house, which mm. is kind of making me understand as to why the property was sold mm. Um, mm. to get that asset out of their name. Some weird um, things happen out oh, there. Oh, absolutely. But you know what? Goodness. Once you get a court order, so uh, let's say a monetary judgment court order, that's valid and executable for 30 years. So even if they owe you money, you have that court order, what you can do is get that court order and go and execute on their assets every two years or so. It sounds a bit hectic, but if you are obviously going to recover those costs yeah. that you're entitled to do so. Okay, so that's it's courts again. It's, it's a courts okay. again and along it's you okay. can obviously exercise. Okay, less than a minute to news. Let's Perfect. try and tackle this one very quickly. My tenant refuses to vacate my property despite being given six months notice to vacate. The lease has expired and that's from Muketsi. Can we help? Okay. So again, here, if they're refusing to vacate, um, what you can do is approach um, attorneys for an eviction as well. If it has expired and they've continued, there's a bit of an issue now with what's going on and how the lease, what term is it in? Is it a month-to-month or a fixed term? If it hasn't been renewed, it is on a month-to-month. And they can give another calendar month's notice to vacate the property and and, and get out. Okay, and then very quickly, for anyone else who has all the other questions, where do they find you? You can come to TPN at www.tpn.co.za. And thank you so much, Rebecca. Really, this was a fantastic hour. Well, thank you. Well, (laughs) well, we had two hours. We had you last week. Last week and this week. Well, now you can go on holiday. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now you can go. We won't won't be needing you next week. Yeah, I'm going to phone TPN and say I've got a bit of leave to catch up. (laughs) Yes, because I stayed just to promote promote the company. Thank you, Rowan. This was amazing. Thanks very much. And thank you to everybody who responded. It's been a fantastic two hours.